After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got a goal! Okay, fellas, we are set to go. Let's go! We are kicking. Watch the blue! Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, baby. Number 47 for Boston. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting! Please move it! Please move it! Please move it! Please move it! March has arrived. I'm not sure if it's coming in like a lion or like a lamb. Would you have a definition of it right now, Josh? I don't know, but I, I think we're going to have to go upstairs and take a, a look at it on review before we can make a decision one way or the other. But wait, is that allowed? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't okay. know. I don't know what's reviewable anymore, Todd. And you know what? That sort of leads into this week's episode and what we've got. A few items on this week's agenda. Hey, keep your stick on the ice. It can save you some time in the box and or a suspension. Um, I didn't know you could do that. Plus, what you going to do with that bucket? And hey, leave that goalie alone. These and other items will be coming up on this edition of the Scouting the Rest podcast. And Josh, we have a brand new sponsor that we are welcoming this week. I'm so pleased to welcome Manscaped as this new sponsor to the Scouting the Refs podcast. Welcome to, well, shall we say clarification of NHL rules? Yeah, yeah, there's quite a bit of that, quite a bit of clarification, refinement, understanding, knowledge transfer, however you want to put it. An opportunity exists here, Todd. It does. And they have sent us a number of goodies, and the good news is they are going to give you special benefits as well. Manscaped, our new sponsor for the Scouting the Refs podcast, offers special savings to you with this new partnership. Use the code REFS, R-E-F-S, for your next order, you'll receive 20% off and free shipping. So manscaping and trimming of the hedges is not something that many guys discuss. Would you agree, Josh? I, I would. I would say it's, it's one of those things that's probably not understood, similar to the NHL rulebook at times. So <laughs> some may need to spend more time thinking about this than they actually do. But it is worth discussing and it is worth investing in. And I will suggest because I've receive this sort of feedback your partner will thank you and there is a great deal of benefit from all this new stuff that is available through manscaped go to their website and use the code refs to receive 20 percent off your order and free shipping so let me say a couple of things about this when you are using the manscaped products you are working in a shall we say, a confined and delicate area. Would that be an accurate statement? I, I would say so. We're not talking about the penalty box, but it is a, a confined, restrictive space. Absolutely. You want to make sure you know what you're doing, you know where you're going. Caution should be used, and Manscaped makes that easy. So the first thing that struck me, there is a light on the trimmer. Now, this seems like such an obvious move, but... How have we not heard about these sort of things before? Putting a light in your area, otherwise you're going to wear one of those those headbands or like a miner's <laughs> helmet or something, and who needs to do that? You're, you're just entering all kinds of complicated you're, areas. You're not spelunking here. You're, you're just doing some minor <laughs> landscaping. The technology on the apparatus is remarkable, and it is safety first. Again, you have a series of sharp ceramic blades. You were working in a highly sensitive area, so this lawnmower is the one you want to use. It keeps it trimmed, 
and keeps it from getting a little funky. Sure, you can make jokes about that, but it's something that you want to take advantage of. Keep the area cool and comfortable with the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. If you're more comfortable, everyone is more comfortable, wouldn't you agree? I would absolutely agree. It's it's all about comfort. It's all about, you know, aerodynamics, streamlining things. You you want to go for speed? Here's a way to do it. Reduce some of that weight. There's a, another way to do it. You know, every ounce counts and going with that uh, that little little high and tight cleaner look sometimes works pretty well. The high and tight is good. You'll be feeling bold and confident in no time. Manscaped, go to manscaped.com, find the right product for you on the website and use our discount code REFS, R-E-F-S. You'll get 20% off and free shipping. It's easy, it's worth it, and you'll make yourself and those around you a lot happier. Okay. On to the Scouting the Refs podcast. He's Josh. I'm Todd. Find us on our social media channels at Scouting the Refs on Twitter and Instagram for Josh, at Todd Lewis Sports for me on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, we welcome questions via email. Hey, ref at scoutingtherefs.com. First up, it's suspension time. Alex Chason or Chiasson, if you prefer. He switched it up a few times depending on which team he's playing for. When he was with Ottawa, it was Chiasson. But Alex C. wasn't thrilled with the Toronto Maple Leafs shutting out his Edmonton Oilers this past week. And after the game had concluded, he had a couple of words with Jimmy VC and punctuated those comments with a cross-check to the noggin. He got a major penalty, he got a game misconduct, and he got a hearing with player safety as well. As he should have. No room for that in the game. Just, just nonsense. You can yap all you want and trash talk on the ice, but it was a shutout loss. The buzzer sounds, and here he is cross-checking Jimmy VC. So he got a major in a game, which was appropriate, but really wasn't all that meaningful for him since the game had come to an end. So nice to see player safety step up and extrapolate that game to his next game by suspending him for one game. I I know it wasn't the worst thing we've ever seen, but the fact that it was non-hockey nonsense, garbage time, a response to a comment is a cross check up high. I'm I'm glad to see them come down and and give a game for this. Definitely was the right move. It kind of brings up the controlling your emotions thing that is often used. Again, they've been shut out. There's frustration and players will say that my emotions got the better of me. And I guess I can grant guys some latitude there, but I also have no problem with throwing the book at them for this sort of stuff. It's after the game. There, there is no more time to play. And all you're doing is agitating and causing trouble. Right. And as an official, you know, if you see two guys jousting at each other and the stick work going back and forth, you you may send them both off. You may send neither of them off, figuring that it's an even exchange and and give them a warning for it. But with this kind of a one-sided attack, as it were, I think the right penalty call was made and the right suspension was made to just reinforce that call on the ice since there was no time left for him to actually serve a penalty. So a good one on player safety for enforcing what I would say is the call on the ice. There was also a situation recently that I don't say it troubled me, but it puzzled me as much as anything. It had to do with the Stanley Cup final rematch between the Dallas Stars and the Tampa Bay Lightning. And during the game, there was a video review for the puck going over glass. Now, my first question, Josh, since you are the rules expert, how did that happen? Because I didn't think it was possible. Well, uh, it's possible but it's not permitted if you're going by the rule book puck over glass is not one of the categories that we can look at a video review for in the national hockey league for any reason so it was a bit bizarre to see this one come up the tampa bay lightning cleared the puck over the glass and potentially 
over the glass behind the Dallas Stars bench. It's one of my favorite moments in hockey, Todd, when the puck goes over and the entire bench becomes linesmen and their arms all go off the point where the puck went. But this is a unique situation, and, and that's why I'm wondering if that played into it a little bit. With some of the safety precautions that the league has taken in response to COVID, they've removed that glass from behind the player benches. For a while, there was nothing there. Now they've put netting back there. So there is some netting behind the player benches, and the puck should it clear that netting would result in a delay of game penalty. And should it not, it would land in the bench and and not be a penalty. So pretty straightforward as far as how the rules are typically called, but not something that the officials can opt to look at via video review. And that's precisely what they did in this case. Bizarre situation. As you see Dan O'Rourke, veteran Pierre Asico, there talking about the play. And all of a sudden they go over and put the headset on. I haven't seen anything like it. I'm not aware of any circumstances where they could do it. The only potential explanation I could have, Todd, is that with the changes because of COVID, they wanted to see if it cleared the netting or not. But to me, you make the call if it's glass, you make the call if it's netting. The call on the ice is what counts. And just just a bit strange that replay was even entertained on this play. Perhaps you're right. Maybe it's just, well, we'll, because they're veteran officials as well, as you mentioned, we'll just give them everybody a little bit of latitude to hopefully get some clarity and get the call right. But we, we have seen a lot of unusual things in this NHL season, and I don't suspect this is the last unusual thing we're going to see. No, no, certainly not. Though I, I really wish that the Situation Room would have answered the call and said, what are you guys doing? We can't review this. <laughs> what, what, you're asking us for. It's your call. You guys figure it out and just, just hang up the phone. New phone. Who dis? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Situation room screening our calls. They're not, they're not picking up. <laughs> the Scouting the Rest podcast is proud to be presented by Manscaped. Use the code REFS, R-E-F-S, and receive 20% and free shipping off your next order. Okay. Uh, a couple of other things that we want to get into as well. Canes and Predators and... And in the early going of this one, UC Saros went behind the Nashville net to play the puck up the boards. Carolina forward Nino Niederreiter circling behind the net makes little to no effort to avoid the lanky goalkeeper bumps him. He gets whistled for two minutes for roughing and has since been fined $5,000 by player safety for interference. I'm not sure what the call is, interference or roughing. I, I didn't think it was interference from where the puck was coming off the stick of Saros. But still, it doesn't mean you get a free pass to run the goalie. No, goaltenders are not fair game just because they're outside of the crease and body contact is frowned upon. Sometimes it results in a disallowed goal. Other times it results in a penalty. Interesting to see player safety come down and issue a fine for this one. I think it was it was a hard hit. He certainly didn't pull up or avoid contact and, and maybe his shoulder came up a little high there. I'm not entirely against them fining Niederreiter for this hit, but It strikes me as a bit odd because I feel like we've seen more egregious hits, more aggressive hits on skaters, more aggressive hits on goaltenders in the past that haven't drawn any response from player safety. So while I don't want to be complaining that they find him because, again, it's it's a nominal fine and it's a good way to say, hey, we don't like this in the game. And I think that should happen more often to send the message. But certainly an interesting case that they actually did. I mean, this is the first player safety goaltender interference action since 2013 when you had Brad Marchand steamroll a goaltender and uh, they, they really haven't had any instances since. So an interesting situation. I, I can't say I don't see the fine here it's it was justified but I'd, I'd like to see this carried into similar situations where i feel like often it's not brad marchand got the attention of player safety how about that strikingly yeah. hard to believe <laughs> but it's it's interesting that there hasn't been an incident since 2013 with this and perhaps 
many times when a goaltender is, shall we say, jostled when he's out of, even when he's out of his crease, that it is the team that exerts the justice at the time. Yeah, and that's that's what we normally see. You know, you you run into the goalie, you've got to stick up for yourself. You're going to have somebody coming after you for it. So definitely a spot where teams recognize that the goaltender is, is more or less in a, a defenseless situation most of the time. His gear, while he has lots of it, is meant to stop pucks, not to stop players. And certainly your balance, your center of gravity, all of that is a lot different than it is for players. So you're, you're in a tough spot and you want to see teammates stick up for you. And in this case, you get player safety coming on board as well. Also, this past week, St. Louis Blues, Anaheim Ducks, Marco Scandella uh, wound up getting, uh, shall we say, caught with a stick of Ricard Raquel of the Anaheim Ducks. The stick knocked out a few of his choppers. There was no call on the play. And if you were following Josh on social media at Scouting the Refs, you noticed that former NHLer Cam Jansen was quick to weigh in on that particular play. He was. He was uh, a little bummed about the missed call on this particular situation. So I just tried to give him a hand with the rule there, which he admitted that he uh, he messed up the call. So uh, I think Jansen's, if he didn't know the rule before, has learned that a high stick on a follow-through is not a penalty as long as it's a legitimate shot-on-goal attempt. You can't just wave your stick around, but if you're shooting the puck and you catch an opposing player up high, that is not a call, as many broadcasters and Cam Jansen have been reminded. (laughs) Or maybe they're learning this for the first time. Well, Darren Pang on the Blues broadcast also seemed a bit confused by it and was suggesting that the officials missed a call on the play, but but not so. But he was at least trying to cite the part of the rule book that says you have to be in control of your stick. But still, if you're taking a shot on goal, the follow through, I believe, supersedes that. It does. You, you do have to be in control of your stick at all times. That's that is an absolute tenet of the rule book. That's an important component of it. It's it's key. But when you're shooting the puck, being in control of your stick means your your wind up. It means your contact with the puck, and it means your follow through. And that is considered being in control of your stick for the purposes of the shot. So yes, he was in control of his stick. He followed through. It made contact with an opposing player, but that contact is not a penalty. All right, there you go. Darren Pang and Cam Jansen now know the rule thoroughly. Oh, one more blues thing before we go. Jordan Binnington was really quite funny a few days ago. He was all feisty after getting pulled in the game against the Sharks and was basically taunting everyone wearing a teal jersey inside the building. He got two minutes for unsportsmanlike conduct because of his actions, which I guess seems appropriate. If, if this had escalated further, though, they really could have thrown the book at him. Well, I guess it depends on how far it went. You know, he was uh, he was faking out a whole lot of action there that didn't happen. But if he had followed through on a punch or a whack or some contact, yeah, we we could be looking at a, a more significant issue. I mean, even just a goaltender punching an opposing player with a blocker is a much greater penalty than it would be if he punched with a, a regular glove or a closed fist there. So. I think that was one of those moments of he's heading off the ice, he's gone, but you know what, we got to ding him for the unsportsman, like as entertaining as his antics may have been. Yes, it was the appropriate call for the actions at the time, much like it was for Noel Achari of the Florida Panthers in their game against the Carolina Hurricanes, when Noel Achari was... according to Florida Panther broadcasters, simply finishing his check on Hayden Fleury was given a penalty for boarding. Gasp! Outrage at the home broadcasters. They could not believe this call was being made. 
But if you watch the video, when he pushes and shoves and extends his arms and <laughs> sticks sticks Hayden Flurry into the boards, the call makes perfect sense. It it does, and you know, I really, I I know the NHL rulebook is available in PDF form on <laughs> NHL.com and on Scouting the Refs, but I just want to package it up and send it to these guys to say, please read the book. Yeah, he finished his check. He finished his check in such a manner that it caused the opponent to hit or impact the boards violently, which is the definition of boarding. So yeah, you can finish your check and still be guilty of boarding a player. And, and that's precisely what happened on this play. So it was a little surprising to hear that type of reaction. But again, if you haven't read the rule book, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. No, and it always seems that a penalty against the home team becomes, shall we say, scrutinized a little further. Ah, you don't say. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. And you know what? This happens not just in the Florida Panthers building in Sunrise, but around the league, surprisingly, because there was a bit of outrage with Montreal Canadiens fans because of a player who may or may not have been playing without a helmet. And this has popped up a couple of times this year. It has. And it's a relatively new rule about playing without a helmet. In the past, you used to be allowed to play if your helmet was knocked off, now certainly you had to have a helmet to play in the game, but if you lost it in the course of action, you could finish your shift and then go to the bench. Rule 9.6 was changed to instruct a player who has lost his helmet during play to either head directly to the bench or replace his helmet and rejoin the play. That's the high-level look at the rule, but it does get a little more nuanced when you get into the actual rule book because there is some gray area there, Todd. He gets a minor penalty if he doesn't exit the playing surface or retrieve and replace his helmet properly on his head within a reasonable period of time. And part of that says that it's reasonable if a player who's making a play on the puck or who is in the vicinity of the puck and engaged in the play at the time his helmet comes off, he gets an opportunity to actually finish the play before he gets his helmet or exits the ice. So there is some leeway there for the officials to make that judgment call. And, you know, they're yelling at the guys. We've heard in every situation when a guy's lost his helmet that he yes. he is getting yelled at by the official to tell him, your helmet's off, get to the bench, and it's up to him to follow those directions or not. But I think that's the part that frustrated Canadiens fans because in this case, Sammy Nico, the Winnipeg Jets, lost his helmet behind the net. The puck moved around the corner. By the time his helmet hit the ice, the puck was practically back on his stick. So the official's giving him leeway to get rid of the puck or move it. He did. The puck goes up the ice and then right to the bench. He could have also found his helmet and put it back on. But no call. And it, that was Eric Furlat making the right call in that situation. Is it perhaps Montreal Canadiens fans are getting a little bit upset because they saw a certain Boston Bruins player skating up the ice, holding his helmet in his hand at, that he was allowed to continue as well? Well, I, I thought it was maybe Montreal fans getting upset that Romanov got a penalty back in January for not heading directly to the bench. He kind of veered off towards the puck when he lost his helmet. So again, that was Eric Furlat. He did make the call because you can watch Romanov kind of curve off. And as soon as he made that deviation from that straight path to the bench, that's the penalty. Smitty, on the other hand, from the Bruins, had an interesting one that I've really never seen before. He, <laughs> he complied with the rule in part. He picked up his helmet and then just carried it. And he carried it through the neutral zone and he waved his stick at the puck while he was carrying his helmet. And then he put it back on. So uh, the official gave him a little bit of leeway there because he was halfway to putting the helmet back on. He certainly should have put it on before re-engaging with the play. I, I don't know that waving your stick at a puck being dumped into the zone really counts too much, but he immediately put his 
helmet back on his head at that point and, and rejoin the play. So again, one where I could see the officials communicating with the player to say, hey, put it back on, put it back on. It's not a huge deal. He had the helmet in his hand, but he was not in a hurry to replace it, it seemed. <laughs> I think that's maybe the best way to to phrase it is he was not in a hurry. He did not stop all other actions and immediately begin reinstalling the helmet on top of his head. <laughs> he collected it. He began to skate and pick up speed. So, so he was not too far out of the play when he did have the bucket properly re-engaged with his head and he would be able to get back into it. It was really stretching to the maximum, the rules, I think, in this particular case. It was. Now, as an official, if he doesn't have that helmet in his hands, you're calling the penalty because he is not heading directly to the bench. So he bought himself some time with that move, and he did have the helmet back on before he actually impacted another player or actually made a play on the puck. So I think he got a little bit of leeway, but his intent was that he was getting his helmet back on. He just wasn't doing it all that quickly. Well, you know, those gloves are sometimes kind of awkward. <laughs> yes. So it's just, it's, it's what you can do at any particular moment. One more item before we get out of here as well. You, <laughs> we, we have seen teams that have had great social media presence and looked for feedback from fans regarding goal songs. Teams have changed goal songs and updated goal songs. Some players even have their own goal songs depending on the team. I loved your call for penalty songs that refs could use. I think this is a great idea. I would love to see it. I want the, the refs to have them. I want teams to embrace this because I think it would be a lot of fun to really have the music, the appropriate musical accompaniment for when certain penalties are called. And we've had a few suggestions, some that you you have shared out on social media, and I, I like it. There's there's a lot of stuff that you would expect to see, like Bob Seger, Shakedown, You're Busted. You got John Mellencamp with the Authority song. That's a good one. I had a couple that I thought I might like to throw in, if that's okay. You know, Jailbreak is another one that yeah. you really see. but. I, I, I love country music, so there's a lot of Merle Haggard songs that you could use, like Mama Tried, you know, I spent, you know, I turned 21 in prison, doing life without parole, that sort of fits. And then there's Prisoner by The Weeknd, yep. you know, the best line in there, I'm a prisoner to my decisions. That's and a I great really one. think that's appropriate. That is a, a perfect one there because it, it it's descriptive, it, the, the lyrics match up with the thoughts that should be going through your head when you're sitting in that box and feeling shame. And <laughs> I had a few come in for uh, Chains by Nick Jonas, which I thought was a good one. Keep Your Hands yep. to Yourself by the Georgia Satellites, always a fun one for nice. roughing. And you can't beat Man in the Box from Alice in Janes. <laughs> Yes, perfect. So yes, keep those coming at Scouting the Refs on Twitter and Instagram to get Josh at Toddler with Sports to find me on social media. I, I, undoubtedly, we'll have more suggestions and more situations to talk about a week from now. <laughs>